0: Chip back for Mitch Marner. Marner and over the line for Hyman. Hyman looking for a man in front. It's Tavares and it bounced over his stick. Marner back in for Tavares. Back on his skates on a shot. He That's right. It was a real wild one last night. Let's go. We're back. It's episode five of the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam and Josh. And the highlight you just heard coming in was the first of hopefully many hat tricks for one John Tavares of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they competed in one heck of a game. Seven six, they win it. Goddamn barn burner. It was old fashioned. Oh. And on Stan like out of the eighties. Hey, eh, on Stan Makita night, very fitting on Stan Makita night. I feel like that was a low scoring game back in his day.
1: Did you know Stan Makita played twenty one years for the
0: Hawks? <laughs> I haven't done anything for twenty one years other than live. Live, yeah, that's <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> twenty one years with the same franchise. I, I didn't even realize that. My my dad was talking about him a little bit and then I saw the uh the banner
0: and I was like, Did he actually play there that long? and Yeah, sure enough. It was quite the game. It was a good way, I guess you could say, to, I don't know, get rid of the debacle that came on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, post-Thanksgiving to everyone, all our listeners. Hope you had a great, long weekend. As a Leaf fan, it was off to a rough start, and it was not looking much better uh, in the early stages of the game against Chicago. But... Man, oh, man, Kane and Matthews, the two Americans doing their doing their thing out there. Yeah. Got to love to see that.
1: Oh, it was beautiful. So I guess we'll have uh, two games to recap for you guys a little later on after the break. Um, starting things off, though, we've got a Round the Board segment, little news and notes around the NHL. You want to start, uh, well, I guess, first of all, in that intro. Um, does that game stand the test of time, Blades of Steel, or is
0: it, or is it just more of a novelty thing? Here's my thing about Blades of Steel. I remember hating Blades of Steel for so long because I had no idea what I was supposed to do in my own zone. (laughs) And then I realized that when the puck is in your zone, all you do is play goalie. That's it, yeah. Because you can actually play goalie. And it was a very strange way of playing goalie because it was basically up or down to move your goaltender. But then whatever player you had selected at the time would go up or down on your screen so it was very confusing do i yeah. play the player or do i play the goalie and if you played the goalie you could almost get a shout out every game
1: well it was it would throw you off because somebody would just fire the puck off uh down the ice and you'd be still holding the directional pad up or down yeah. or something and you come up uh sorry the the screen shifts and you see your goaltender way at the side of the net score because you're controlling them all of a sudden i think it was the hitting and the fighting for me that's that made it a lot of fun. A game to integrate uh, fighting, and I mean, it was just a button mashing thing. I don't think there was any technique to it, but it was, it was still cool.
0: Probably the. The best fighting engine in the history of hockey. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean EA Sports make some notes there. Yeah, <laughs> figured well, uh, out. EA Sports note notepad is bigger. Than yeah,
1: so I guess uh, video games become more prevalent as the Canucks have taken upon themselves to ban Fortnite from uh, from the road. Is it just road? Actually, they can't control what they do at home, but they're just telling them to leave their Xboxes and shit at home.
0: Yeah, but I mean, let's let's look at it that way. I'm. Um, they're not telling them that they can't play them on their own time. It's it's okay, guys. We're going on the road here uh, out east You know, for a couple of games in New York and, and Buffalo, hmm. three games in New York State. Um, we don't need you to be bringing your fucking Xboxes and your controllers and your headsets <laughs> along with you. Like, I mean, I game a lot, so I like gaming. I've played Fortnite. Uh, I put quite a bit of time into it. Oh, yeah? Maybe a few months ago, a couple of friends and, and I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Yeah. Namely, uh, wanting to play it because it's free. Right. So we all said, "Yeah, let's throw it on." We downloaded it. We had a we we did have some good fun with it. It, it is pretty fun. I mean, you yeah, get, you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of teamwork going on, which is a good thing in, as far as teams you know are concerned. I enjoy but-
1: that kind of gameplay when you got buddies to play with, and yeah, you, that's why I like Battlefield, the squad system essentially. Yeah, all those. But things. But I are- I didn't really get into Fortnite yet. I don't know. My cousin's still bugging me to give her a try because there's cross platform on it, so. Well oh, there is now. I yeah, uh, with PlayStation, I guess. So we, we never game together because he's a PlayStation. But um, I I'll give it a shot. But just it seems like it's for kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, is uh, there's two of them, right? There's the Fortnite with the cartoons and the dancing and all that stuff. Yeah and then there's players unknown battleground which is p is not that a different game all together players battlefield player player unknown battleground i don't know P-U-B-G, anyway P-U-B-G. it's the same isn't it the same game or it's not the same company though no it's the same it's the exact same formation exactly oh it's like the same yeah that battle you royal, have to run o- out from the yeah. storm you have to get in from the storm and the, and the and the circle shrinks and all this bullshit but it's it's more realistic it looks real okay like it, it doesn't look real, but it kind of looks like... So it's like you know, Fortnite. is kind of looks like PlayStation 2. The graphics. one that's
1: more marketed to kids to spend money on clothing in a game. Yeah, to spend... Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. Um,
1: that. Yeah, that's... Uh, some, somebody's got to tell uh, Bim Jenning there, Jim Benning, <laughs> in Vancouver that uh, you can get that shit on your phone now, too, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the best soundbite that came out of it for me was when Patrick Line started chirping the shit. Oh, out. Oh, yeah, of yeah. That he was more of a story of, of it. Like, he's like, okay, so one, he said, um, they have to find something to blame. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then number two was, if we played that badly, then we would probably scrap Fortnite, too. <laughs> like, I mean, man, oh, man. I thought you found an opportunity to, to throw shade on them. Yeah, I mean it was just uh, it was easy. I guess it was sitting ducks, and I don't know. It's kind of taking the world by storm. You got to remember that these 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 guys are still kids.
1: Yeah, and but it's funny because um, one of the a lot of the um, the older uh, ex NHL analysts and stuff have said about it. They're like, well, you know what we were doing in the '80s and '90s was way worse than playing, staying up late playing video yeah, games, going to the peelers, and all that. Yeah, so it's true.
0: It's true. Smoking, going to bed at five, smoking darts. And- yeah. Hammering pints, at least like these guys are eating salads and protein bars and stuff like that. Like they're living right. And then they, my biggest thing was I I heard this on NHL radio over the summer. Over the summer, they have to come up with like you know these different topics to talk about. So one of them was about Fortnite because it was starting to create some 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 waves. And they had people call in, and I, I didn't I didn't even bother calling in because it was like who who the fuck cares. But I was like almost yelling at my radio. Because people were calling in, and they were just absolutely chirping the shit out of gaming. Because <clears throat> a bunch of the, sports guys. But here's the thing to think about, though. I mean, I, myself, I'm, I'm excluded from this. I mean, people can make fun of me for gaming all they want. I don't really care. But uh, for these kids, for these athletes, I had someone call in, and they made the greatest point in the history of this debate. They said that these these players, these kids, have grown up, playing a game of hockey basically 12 months of the year right and all the friends that they make are other hockey friends who have the exact same schedule so while they may see their friends at hockey and perhaps at school there's no real like actual social so a lot of Life. their
1: social bonds are being formed via via the headset yeah. via the headset
0: yeah. now i understand that like i understand that maybe you don't want them being stimulated by the screen and i know a lot of parents are you know anti-screen yeah because your kids be- playing hockey yeah. all the time yeah it's you're not worried about them not getting exercise right yeah that's right that's exactly right so and, and and i know like for me i've i've got really good friends of mine that Well, they they listen to the podcast. What's up, fellas? Like, we play Xbox, and that's the only opportunity we have to talk to one another. Now, you could say, well, why don't you just pick up the phone and and call them? Well, I'm not going to fucking pick up the phone and call Pipes for a conversation. I play Xbox with them all the time, but I'm not going to pick up the phone and call them for a conversation. Keep in
1: touch, by Xbox. Yeah. It's true. We see each other
0: maybe maybe once or twice a week. We'll, we'll, We'll shoot bad guys for like an hour. And talk about this and hockey and catch up with one another and then at the end of it all we say, Okay, I'm I'm done, I'm bored, see you later, have a good night. I mean, we were basically just hanging out. Yeah. It just so happened to be that we were like, you know, playing video games, but people think that's such a bad thing.
1: That's a good way to keep in touch though. It's true. It like can be. it's uh there was an article about it recently where they were kind of breaking down how at uh, this generation that's up and coming, the majority of their social bonds and Relationships are being formed through the headset, through video gaming, through you know online forums. Um, They're kind of talking about maybe not having the same bond as someone you actually spend a lot of time in person with, but you're still forming friendships nonetheless that you may not have had.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I I actually do have a few acquaintances. I don't know if I would call them friends. I can't really call them friends because we don't hang out, but. I know who they are. I maybe have added them to Facebook and we you know, share likes and comments on each other's posts and whatnot. I would call them more of an acquaintance, but I don't know if I could call them a friend. But the, the, the relationship was established over the headset. Over gaming, yeah. Yeah. And if, yeah. And if they came to Pembroke and they were like, hey, Coley, I'm in fucking town for some reason. Why don't we get together for a pint? What do you think I'm going to say? No, I don't know you. I only know you over a headset. We don't have a good relationship. <laughs> So we'll, like we'll play some games but yeah i don't want to see you yeah <laughs> i mean like yeah exactly but i mean i'd go out and have a pint with that guy and probably have a have a great time and we'd be we'd be good buds and no one would have any idea you know but apparently it's a bad thing that's what i don't like about it i don't like that it's just getting the, you're
1: saying like, it gets a bad rap Yeah, i somewhat. think it gets a
0: bad rap yeah. i really do
1: i really do. Uh, it's just old school but it, i mean it's funny because it's been around forever it's just more prevalent like it's more yeah. mainstream game it's not a nerd thing anymore it's uh It's everybody, everybody, everybody games in one way or another, like whether it's just playing bullshit Facebook games or you're, you know, actually on a console or on your phone. I mean, everyone's playing some form of games, it seems.
0: Well, it's a nice segue to our next point about the NHL three stars, Lesko, because you know that the first star of the week plays a little bit of Fortnite. And you know that the second star of the week probably has never even fucking heard of it, doesn't even care.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, Austin <laughs> Matthews, in case you haven't heard yet, is the first star of the week with eight points in three uh, three games so far. Off to a hot start. We're loving it. We'll get more into that. Uh, ben Bishop, third star. And I say the third star next just because I wanted to talk more about the second star it's as a segue into our next uh, portion of the segment. Um, so third star was Ben Bishop. I uh, went two and zero, and I believe only one goal against over that span. Dallas off to a bit of a good start, and is this the year they finally be good? I do don't they all
0: do they always include a goaltender? It
1: seems that they frequently will. They they pick a goaltender and then rank them amongst the top three. Okay. It's, it's the NHL who picks these, right? Is it right. just some panel they have? I guess I don't
0: know. I mean, you shut out Arizona in game one, and it's like okay. Congratulations. Yeah, whoop do whoop right? And then uh you know and then they shellac, they shellac the Jets 5-1. So Yeah, that was interesting. It is interesting and that's a great win for Dallas, but I mean they they, they did score 5 goals. So yeah. like is it really Ben Bishop being being a being a Well, I mean or, there's a lot of offense. Made 32 saves. Yeah,
1: the Jets, you know, they got a potent offense, so I'm I'm willing to bet didn't see the game, but there was
0: probably some good saves to be had. But yeah, but, Johnny Johnny Taves was 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 right up there. I mean, I I feel like he was probably on his way to being the first star of the week if he didn't run into Austin Matthews no. and his four and his four point last night. Last and night.
1: Yeah. and Taves was phenomenal in last night's game, and it was interesting. He uh, he sunk pretty low in my fantasy draft, like he was ranked very low. And after I think it was the last two years, not really, you know, tearing it up by any means for what you'd expect. And I guess with the decline of the the team somewhat over the last couple seasons he's gone down with it now he looks like he's prime and ready to play this year and perform um i definitely noticed that and then he had uh what he had a hat trick in game one correct Uh, scored the ot winner so he looks like he's a man possessed and he's back on top of his game and look out because he has an opportunity to put that team on his back and bring them back into at least playoff contention i would think
0: captain serious yeah Captain Serious. I mean, the guy, um, I think he's a victim of, you know, the the poor season uh, that the Blackhawks had last year. And I think he's also, I think he gets a little bit of runoff from the, the negativity that people have in regards to Artemi Panarin not being there for Patrick Kane anymore. So we've seen a little bit of a disconnect between, you know, people, I guess the olden day, which isn't that long ago no. when people used to say that, fuck... The Blackhawks are amazing. You know, you got to draft Blackhawks in your pool. You got to get them all. Yeah, they were always.
1: Yeah, their top six were premium. like locks for fantasy drafts. Yeah, premium. And now Taves went, yeah, super low. And I, I had a chance to get him too, and I regret not doing that because mm-hmm. he was available pretty late, and I just wasn't wasn't entirely sold, but should have known. I mean, the type of player he is, the type of you know, good pro he is essentially. That the Babcock, would, good pro. Good pro, yeah. The, he that he would come back, you know, and. He's tearing it up, and I I hope it continues. I'm big fan of his uh, the way he plays the game and just what he's done. I mean, he's a lock Hall of Famer, so you don't want to see him flame out too early either. It's true,
0: it's true, and and he's right around our age our age group, right? Yeah. Like he's yeah, and, and and I mean, sometimes I feel old, but it's just a joke. I mean, I'm not old, you know. Uh, neither is he, so it is a young man's game. It is moving to a young man's game. I think you're gonna start seeing the. Marlows of the world be a little bit more scarce. Well, I think they're already pretty scarce yeah, right. as it yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to
1: to continue playing into your late thirties at this point is a, an achievement in
0: itself. Well, that just separates you from the rest of the you know one percent that is players that are or men that are good enough to play in the NHL. You're good enough to play in the NHL at an like and excelling into like you said into your mid to late thirties. That's really something special. Yes,
1: yeah, so sitting in a top six role, you know, it's it's very. Uh, Very impressive, and it just goes to show the way those guys take care of themselves and, you know, doing it even in Marlowe's case before it was very prevalent in the NHL where guys, you know, weren't all about fitness and health and working out all summer. I mean, the guy barely misses a game. I know. It's unbelievable. I know.
0: It's crazy. Actually, we'll get to, you know, uh, some injury talk a little bit later, just in a few minutes, but let's let's talk about Carolina here. I want to get them in. Sure. Uh, we're talking about uh, Chicago. Taves looking great. Can he? Can he bring the team back? Kane is looking great again as well.
1: The only thing they're lacking is the goaltending without Corey Crawford. That is for certain.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, you know, I mean, goaltending. <laughs> who needs it, right? I mean, if you're a Leaf fan, who needs? goaltending? I don't know. <laughs> you but, needed uh, to
1: be competitive we know that
0: yeah so um you know that i was just kind of relating chicago to carolina like uh, chicago has already been there carolina can't seem to break through that barrier um two good question marks going into the season they're off to great starts both teams carolina 2 and 0 scoring four goals a game at the point right now so i mean that's pretty good like they've got some guys coming in they've got aho who i feel like was being slept upon amongst various fantasy pools. I think so. What does he have to do? He, he
1: always has been, too, and I've always picked him at a, a decent spot. You like, you felt the, really good about yeah, getting Yeah, I got him. him again this year, and I'm expecting him. Mean, he seemed like he, he broke out a little bit last year, and I'm expecting him to exceed that because he's far and away their first-line center, first-line power play, um, and he's got that Svechnikov kid playing next to him. Now, let me ask you something. Is Svechnikov... Is the Nicole. kid is the kid a Calder candidate or what? Do oh, you, or do you think he's going to compete to be a I, candidate?
0: I I him in our whatever fucking episode That's we That's right. I chose him there as, you the, go. as the Calder winner. I think he's phenomenal. I Yeah, he, he scored his first goal last night, too. Yeah, I mean 20 uh what, what is it, what what is he what is he at here? Uh right winger Russian, right? Um shooting left 63 192 first round. Second overall, I mean, it's not going to be a, a surprise if he wins it. It's not like people are out there saying, well, who is this fucking guy?
1: Well, it looks like he's going to get plenty of opportunity to perform if he's playing with a very talented Aho on the first line. And, I mean, I don't really see him getting displaced from there unless they decide to put Tara Vine in up, but at, at this point, I don't see him switching, and if he rides out that whole year with with Aho, he should put up some impressive numbers. Like you got to think fifty points at least if he stays
0: healthy. Oh, easily. I mean, it's, they're just uh, they're turning into a really exciting team to watch, Lesko, which I think for me is the most uh, interesting part about the Hurricanes. They weren't necessarily a team that I would be running to the television to turn on um, throughout the years. You know, they had Eric Stahl. Uh, in his in his prime uh, down there which was great for them but unfortunately he was almost he kind of got the Rick Nash treatment down there yeah they almost ran him out of town you know like Rick Nash in Columbus uh, phenomenal franchise player uh, team Canada kind of player like he was an elite level elite level player in the NHL but they were just unable to do anything in his in his time there. Uh, Eric Stahl you know same idea they they they, they climbed they climbed the mountain in 06 right. Was it oh six? I think oh something like that. Yeah, they, they climbed the mountain, Moore, right? Yeah, great. Story. Who's the head coach
1: now? Yeah, yeah. Interesting move there. Yeah,
0: like great story. So now hopefully we're 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 bringing it back, uh, to to relevancy. I with, think it's Brendamore.
1: I think it's funny too that it, you know there's a lot of conversation about them going to this season, uh, change in ownership, a lot of front office management movement and. Seems that they had a hard time finding a GM Would they bring back old Don Waddell. I think he was right. last time he was a GM was with the Thrashers. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he uh good Dundon didn't want to pay guys, I guess, and uh this is what he ended up with. Fortunately, he was able to land Brindamore as the coach. That's a big move. Um looking at their Lions too, they they got fantastic defensive acquisitions there by signing DeHon, uh trading for Dougie Hamilton. like, I like the Dougie. A, Oh yeah, that's that makes them instantly better, and of course the addition of Dehan, um, you know, one of the stronger, deeper decors. I find it interesting, I guess, as well. They're in the conversation again. Is everybody picking them for a breakout potential, compete for a playoff spot team? It seems that way, and it, people have been calling on them for a couple of years actually to make a breakthrough, but we haven't quite seen it yet.
0: No, but I mean, and they're they're in a tough division as well. I mean, you're you're going against the likes of the Penguins, the Capitals. Uh, you know, even go ahead and throw the Devils in there. Like, they're a tough team. Tough team to play against. Um, what are the worst teams in the division here? Okay, now you've got the Islanders. But the thing is, is up until this season, the Islanders did not consider themselves to be a terrible team. They tried everything they did. They they tried everything they could to win hockey games. Philadelphia Flyers put them in the same boat. When was the last time they called themselves a terrible team? Like, this entire division. And now you got the, the, the Blue Jackets. Well, they're amazing as well. Yeah. And the Rangers. When was the last time the Rangers didn't try to become a better team at the deadline? Recently. Fuck, they do right it every now. year. Yeah, except you know? for right now. Except for right now. So <laughs> well, the last so, two years. So now all of a sudden people have been calling on Carolina. Well, okay, now they actually have a shot because there are at least two teams in the division, the Rangers and the Islanders, who I think if you spoke to them with truth serum— they would say yeah okay we're going to regress yeah i guess there's a big gap to regress
1: there's a big gap between carolina and the upper echelon teams in that division that i think what might hold hold them back is the you know the amount of games they have to play pittsburgh washington those kind of teams right exactly constantly kind of keeping them down and they might be uh, a little a few years away from getting up into those conversations but let's see what they can do make the playoffs first and Get a start, keep developing that young talent. I mean, draft high frequently and just keep developing and see how that turns out for them.
0: Yeah, and a good start is is, is what's got them going here. Three games played, they're 2-0-1. And uh, the next game they've got, uh, let's go tomorrow against Vancouver. That's a big game right there. If they're able to come away with two more points there, you've now relieved yourself from the upcoming schedule, which is showing Minnesota, Winnipeg, Tampa, Colorado. That's a
1: tough stretch.
0: On the road, too? Uh, one more time on the road for Mini, Winnipeg, Tampa, and then back home to wow.
1: Colorado. Yeah, that's a tough tough go there.
0: Back-to-backs, Minnipeg, Minnipeg. Minnesota and Winnipeg are back-to-backs. So you got to win this game tomorrow against Vancouver, then you got three days off, then you go back-to-back, and then you're kind of back at it again. But, yeah, uh, Carolina setting themselves up for a really good start, and we all know how difficult it can be to come back from slow starts, uh, especially during a game, which... Uh, as a leaf fan, you know exactly what that's all about. We'll touch on that later. I would uh, think
1: w- when they get back from that road trip, we should have a decent impression of what the team is capable yeah. of.
0: Yeah, even though it's so early in the season, I, f- I fully agree. I yeah, mean, if they go, it's if, a it's the
1: first major task for if them. If they
0: go into Winnipeg and win a game, or go into Tampa and win a game, here
1: we go. That's good showing. Yeah, here we go.
0: All right, moving right along. What's up next?
1: Uh, you want to talk a little JVR, he's out uh, six weeks. They just announced today uh, lower body injury, hit with a shot in their second game. How um, many games
0: did he miss when he was a Leaf?
1: I want to say that one season he broke his foot, and that was it. Right. And he, they shut him down for the year, and that was the year that we were brutal, and yeah. we were tanking anyway. It was good for us. So, yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> typically a pretty durable guy, so it's a tough break for him. I mean, he's one of those guys I really enjoyed watching. Uh, he put in some good years here. So it's unfortunate to see him go down this early with the, the Flyers team that he's trying to kind of get acclimated to.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to hopefully find himself again in, in Philly. And I don't mean find himself again because he needed to search, uh, do some soul searching. I just mean find his Philly form. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he made his name uh, in Philly. Uh, and then, of course, moving, moving along to Toronto in, in what was uh, probably my favorite trade of all fucking time. Oh, we fleece them hard on Probably that. Probably my, tra- my favorite trade of all time. Yeah. Luke, I have five thumbs or ten thumbs Shen. <laughs> ten traded. thumbs? Yeah, I have ten thumbs, and I'm Luke Shen, <laughs> and I'm traded for JVR, who is amazing in front of the net. Um, but this, I mean, you never want to see an injury uh, hamper a guy. I never, I never want to see injury. I know you get a lot of people out there you know who let's say they hate crosby or whatever. Oh, I hope he gets knocked out again. Like, come on. Fuck off. Yeah. In you know, the interim,
1: if you uh or you can get Simmons or Konechny, the other wingers on the Flyers, they'd be uh, good pickups. definitely good pickups getting more ice time. I actually drafted Konechny myself, so
0: Nice. But yeah, I mean, I I I don't I don't like to see injuries, um but in this in this uh sense, it's going to probably help me make uh, some scratch last go. I have a couple of bets on the line out there uh, in regards to JVR's goal total. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And and uh, my, my, my competitor, I have two bets and with two different people. And my competitors, neither of them chose to include an injury clause, which I probably would have given them. Had
1: they asked for it. Oh, you got it on. Uh, so you have the lower end of the goal. Yeah, I have uh,
0: less than 26 and a half goals. Twenty six point five yeah. over yeah.
1: under. And I'm That's, taking. Under. seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. I uh, anywhere between twenty five and thirty wouldn't shock me. But bad way to start the season. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah. But I, for me, it just he wasn't going to get thirty six. No, my God, goodness. No. Like my goodness. Last you know, year was like 36. freakish. Contract freakish. year. Like con- he just contract year. I happens. mean,
1: considering he averaged the lowest ice time of uh, any year, I think in his career since his rookie year or something, and just he couldn't stop scoring. Like, yeah, but he got all the power play time. The hands in and around the net are phenomenal, and yes, <laughs> he got and all, yes, the, he power got all of the power of play all time. all of it.
0: And now Matthews gets all of it, and he's got <laughs> fucking five goals already.
1: <laughs> uh, who <laughs> else is injured? A couple oh yeah, more injuries um, in Luongo. Yeah, Luongo. That sucks. I mean, too bad. Uh, you figure their uh, Florida's competitiveness. A lot of it hinges on. Luongo's ability to stay healthy. We saw last year it really set them back and they made that push at the end of the season, but it was uh because of the injuries to Luongo, I think why they lost some traction. I mean, love James Reimer and everything, but I don't I'm not really sure what he can what he's gonna do for them. Well down we there. know what Reimer is. He's a placeholder goalie, right? He's uh he's a backup for sure, and he might be able to steal some games, but he's no Luongo and
0: But see he's I put him on a different shelf than the backups. You got the starters you got the backups, and then you got the backups that somehow, some way, can groove it and win multiple games in a row when they are called upon. Not as opposed to... He can give okay, you more starts than a yeah, straight backup, like a 25-game I mean. starter. You're he only can give you, like... The games where we're back-to-back. You're only going to play games where we're back-to-back.
1: Right. Yeah, those basic starters relegated to permanent McElhin. starters. Yeah, so... He can give you upwards of, you know, 30-plus starts if you need him to. So he's he's a good guy to have behind a goalie like, like Luongo yeah. who is injured that frequently because mm-hmm. um, you wouldn't want to fall onto, a, you say, a young, inexperienced backup or a, a goaltender you're not comfortable starting a ton of games with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, and I couldn't agree more with you. Reimer's perfect solution here. Like, we know what Reimer is, and you're going to have a lot of Leaf fans out there. Like, that cringe just hearing the name James Reimer. I have a Reimer jersey. It's hanging up right over there by my window. Would you look at that? Yeah, like I mean, the reason why I have one though is because of that year, whatever year it was, when he brought us in, dragged us into the playoffs. 2013. Yeah. He he literally pulled us all into the playoffs. Yeah. One by one, and then and then he lost it for us on terrible goals <laughs> in game seven. But like the point was, was we wouldn't have been there without the guy. Right. So, right. You, you got to give him his due. He's not just your your regular. Play whenever we have a back-to-back kind of. Uh, back. It was a goalie
1: so. we uh, the Leafs drafted and developed, and I guess Garrett Sparks being the next example
0: of that. So. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Garrett Sparks Rarely after happens. the break. But listen, before we get to break, uh, one last uh, one last injury note, and it pains me, it pains me to to say that Joe Thornton is on the IR, but it's not as bad as it sounds. Joe Thornton, good double <laughs> knee surgery twice in the last two years, major knee surgery. The knee is swelling, and as a, uh, as per NHL.com, there's no structural damage, and it looks to be a small infection, so some antibiotics should reduce the swelling, and he shouldn't miss too, too much time, but there is no timetable for his return, so keep that in mind.
1: Well, yeah, he's on the IR, I guess, for now, and I, I drafted him uh, in my fantasy, so I was pretty yeah, disappointed to see that, but, uh, I mean maybe
0: if he didn't shave his beard he
1: would be fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> the great thing the the good the good quote for me is uh, uh quoted by Pete DeBoer i think it's great news so well, you know as opposed to someone coming uh, up to they must have thought it example. could have
1: been something major or maybe that's kind of a a reaction to what they initially had thought you know thinking that a, a surgically repaired knee and there was a, a some kind of major setback that might require additional surgery or you know if surgery fails then sometimes for athletes especially ones who have had multiple ones that it's like no that's it like you you're done
0: yeah I mean and especially you got to remember too when he tore both the MCL and the ACL on his left knee early April 2017 returned two weeks later and played the final four games of a six game loss to the Edmonton Oilers before having surgery on April 24th that's insane
1: yeah, for a guy his age and even size to to recover from that and be yeah. ready to go, and they said he was in good shape and ready to go. So,
0: well, that was I it. Mean, that was it unforeseen for me. injury. Yeah, that was that was it for me. Lesko was the the fact that um, I, uh, by all accounts, and I read several reports. By all accounts, Joe Thornton looked to be very strong. He looked to be very in shape. Uh, Everyone was saying, don't sleep on this guy. He could really return to, no, he's not going to return to leading the league in assists or anything like the old Joe Thornton. But, I mean, maybe you could look at him getting 55, 60 points again. Oh, no doubt.
1: Playing first line for them. Yeah, and first line power play. Yeah, absolutely. The guy still has unbelievable mitts and can thread the needle like no other in the NHL.
0: That vision. That vision is really something else. All right, so I'll do it here for our first segment. Uh, We've taken you around the boards in the NHL, and now we're going to head to a quick uh, dart break or a rye break or whatever you want to call it. And then we'll be back to wrap up what was a very interesting weekend of Toronto Maple Leaf Hockey here on the Pucks in Deep Podcast with Adam and Josh. All right, we're back it's time for some leaf talk here on the Adam and Josh podcast well I guess it's the Puxing Deep podcast with Adam and Josh get it right yeah get it right just like your Twitter account that you had <laughs> I didn't know my own handle didn't even know your own <laughs> handle why don't you plug well, it for the listeners
1: at Lesko Adam at Not. Lesko
0: Adam and at Coleman 42 as we hear that Sweet, sweet Donkey Kong country beat going on here in the background.
1: Oh, yeah. So this has been a pretty big hit with some of the feedback I've been getting. So you guys want to hear something? Let us know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. Let's go right into it here. Um, October 6th, Saturday. (sighs) Ottawa Senators. Big circle on the calendar for me. I'm sure for you as well. We, We are here in Pembroke, Ontario. Um, I know, as far as uh, as far as I can tell, after the first uh, week or so of the podcast being live, we do have a few Sens fans that tune in, so we got to be slightly careful. But my goodness, what a fucking loss that was to the Ottawa Senators.
1: Just not a great game all around the board, um, with the exception of a you know the big boys showed up. Matthews Marner was phenomenal. I thought Riley was all right.
0: You know, other than that, though. Whew was not pretty uh the defense was really bad the defense was exposed um I mean I had I had I had issues with almost everyone on the blue line except for Riley um who has who has been really good uh for us early in this season um you'll check out his name early on the points total for NHL.com so we'll see if we'll see if that can that can keep up but yeah. I mean, there was just so many turnovers. Um, I was, I was getting on Jake Gardner early. Um, he had a great first game. I thought our opening game against Montreal, he was great in the sense that we didn't really notice him a whole lot, which I think if you're Jake Gardner is a that's good, that's what thing. you want. Yeah. Cause that's he, what you want. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, if he's either going to be like getting you points on the power play, um, or, or just points in general, uh, cause he is good offensively. Um, but to, to not really notice him very much in the, in your own zone is, is a good thing. And, I think he he didn't do much of that in the game versus Ottawa. He was very noticeable and for 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 bad reasons. So uh, my biggest problem was with the blue line, uh, and my second biggest problem, which is overall a, a team thing again, is the uh, s- slow slow start. It was a little. Yeah. It was better. It was, it better. was better. Yeah. It <clears> was better, <throat> but it was not. It was not great. Uh, still, so um, really unfortunate and disappointing for me to see the team come out. Uh, you know, a little bit flat. Now, credit to the Ottawa Centers. You have to give them credit. They played a phenomenal game. The guys are working really hard. And, you know, I think in sports, Lesko, you often look at the roster for your other team or for the other team that you're playing, your opponent, and you, you, might, you might find yourself thinking, hey, this is an opportunity for me to pad some stats or... You know, I mean, I don't know a lot of these guys. Points night. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these guys. So by virtue of that, that probably means that they're not going to be very good. But really what it means is that they're going to fucking work hard. And that's exactly what they did. And hard work trumps talent, I think, nine out of ten times. A
1: lot of times in hockey, yeah, for sure. And, you know, not all bad for the Leafs. They, I'd say, generally did outplay them and outpossess them. But what we uh, we talked about a lot on uh, Saturday night, I guess it was, was just – the the game without the puck. And, I mean, we talked about this even in our, what we wanted to see change this year is, you know, I talked about how I wanted them to be more aggressive defensively, not so passive, and there was a couple plays that I noted. um, One of the goals, the Ottawa defender crosses in over the blue line, uh, stops up, takes time to make a play. So I I believe the defender, Gardner, uh, backs into his position. And then the winger coming in, which unfortunately was Patrick Marlowe skated by him, and fell into that passive box again. So I'm not sure how much of this is the coaching system and how much of it is the the way the personnel play. Because I'm not saying we need, you know, we need to uh, bring back Leo Komarov and have guys like that who are going to, you know, get in guys' faces. But I think, you know, have all, uh, having all these high-skilled guys, they got to step up their two-way games without the puck, or, or you're affording way too much
0: time and space to the opposition. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think a theme that may develop for me throughout the season, if, if, I don't know, I, I mean, we're scoring a lot of goals right now. So what I was going to get at is Babcock allowing the players to, to play the way that they want to play. So our problem is that we don't really have, Great defense uh, hmm. in general. I think we all know that.
1: But I, I'm I'm talking more team
0: defense than just right. the Te- defenders team structure. But yeah.
1: without with a poor team structure, it in in in, uh, in turn will expose the weakness, which is some of the defenders.
0: It's true. It is. And and if, if everybody if if everybody doesn't buy in, it has to be everyone. Because if one line or or one player on a line isn't buying in, then that line is going to be exposed, and we're going to have a tough time with them all game and maybe all year. But you know Babcock's got to let these guys go the way they want to, and I guess it's—I guess I'm getting my answer early. But our biggest problem too at this point is—is—is is, is if Freddie is going to allow terrible goals, then there's not much we can do about it. There's yeah, not could, much you can do about it when he's letting in fucking. The Leafs
1: could have used a couple saves there for sure. I mean, there was a lot of traffic on a few of them, but nonetheless, there's some of those ones you want to see stop uh, to kind of stop the bleeding in terms of. How poor the games going? You, you want your goaltender to bail you out on those kinds of nights, and unfortunately he wasn't able to do that.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if you'll ever, I don't know if you'll find a five-hole goal that the goaltender didn't wish he had back. Yeah, you can tell okay. by the reaction. Yeah, okay, like if it gets deflected and there's traffic and it happens to go up under the bar or, or something and you couldn't see it, well, then how how are you going to blame the guy? But, I mean, you know, he's getting beat. He's getting beat clean five-hole. And, I mean, he's an elite goalie in this league. And me at a total beer league level, I lose my mind on myself. Yeah, when I get one beat five hole, it's my yeah, weakest. It it's sucks. my weakest aspect. Anyone listening that plays hockey against me is going to start shooting five <laughs> hole all the
1: time. <laughs> the uh, I guess some of the guys who stuck out to me for the wrong reasons were Hainsy. Obviously, I mean the flip up the middle, the just it's only a matter of time before he comes off that first pair. It's just finding out who is going to assume the role. I mean, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, whether it's, you know, into November or if it's not until Christmas before Babcock actually makes those adjustments. Um, another guy as well, uh, Oziganov unfortunately, our boy there, he uh, yeah. he had a terrible night and he just kind of a welcome to the NHL type moment for him, I think. And Thomas Shabbat, holy wow, that was a hell of a dangle. And he left him in his dust.
0: Yeah, that was something else. And didn't he dangle Ennis earlier too?
1: Yeah, he made a few good moves. He was outstanding. And, you know, Ottawa's got a good prospect in this guy. You know, you know, Eric Eric Collison, of course, but he's a good fit to slot into their number one.
0: Well, I had him pulled up right here. Two goals, one apple, three points, five shots on net. I mean, the guy Other than Marner, he was probably
1: the best player on the ice. Um, Oziganov when he got beat there he might as well have skated directly off the ice took off his gear and went to the press box I don't think we're going to see him for a little bit yeah uh, especially considering Marinson
0: actually had a decent game last night you know um, I really liked the uh, I liked the start again from Tavares I really liked it again just same as I liked it uh, in the season opener against Montreal when his first shift he hopped over the boards and went hard to the net uh, Saturday his first shift was just a hard-working shift again like he seems to me like he is always engaged.
1: Yeah, he's he's very consistent in his play and yeah. he, you, uh, you you know what to expect and it seems that you're you're always getting it as well.
0: Yeah, so we had uh we had a lot of good a lot of good things. I mean, the obviously we lose the game. So um, I had that underlined on my third period notes. We lost to Ottawa. I yeah. Know, I, I
1: had a f- I had a few buds reach out with some chirps and uh, get they they folded it up with oh, I'm getting them in while I can. When I said yeah, that's fair, that's I went, fair enough.
0: I went full snowflake on it. I couldn't handle it. No, not having it. <laughs> no, I wasn't having it. Like I almost fucking deactivated everything I had. <laughs> All your
1: social media couldn't yeah, handle it. I couldn't handle it, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> well, know. we're really putting ourselves out there now. So
0: yeah, we people are, be coming people. at us. Yeah. You better get you got get thick skin yeah, there. Need some thicker skin. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I did have Anderson with an O. Uh, looking very good, and he I was solid. Like that's obvious. He made 34 saves on 37 shots, and so that's good news for Ottawa because I think yeah. he had
1: a bit of a lo- uh, an off year last year, and I wasn't sure if the wheels were coming off due to his age. But for him to uh, so far so good, I guess small sample size, <laughs> I mean, but they're gonna they're gonna need him if they have a shot at putting together a, a, a reasonable year.
0: Well, they need to. I mean, it's it's a very strange situation in uh, for Ottawa right now. Is n- m- normally you would be. You know, half hoping for a tank. Yeah, you can't go. They like can't you, go full you, you tank. You can't go full tank. And so they need to
1: sell tickets. I mean, give the fans. Sell, yeah. Give the fans something to cheer for, right? Honestly,
0: it's the drive for ninth. Yeah. <laughs> is, is where it is. It's the drive for ninth. The old so that, mediocrity. The, yeah, the mediocre pick. Um, because if you drive for ninth, I feel like that guarantees you an outside pick, right? Because you didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. So those sixteen team get teams get picks before you. So yeah, a drive for ninth for Ottawa, but I mean. It's looking pretty good as far as, you know, what they got uh, in return for Eric Carlson, but also what they have to, quote unquote, replace Eric Carlson. So you got Shabbat scoring two goals against the Leafs. You got Chris Tierney gets in on it. Yeah, yeah, nice goal. And you got Dylan DeMello. Yeah. Who, you know, he buries one. Well, like, you know, something. Looking good. Looking good for Ottawa. Where are we at? Um, do we do we want to talk about how it finished? I mean, the the Marner penalty shot was was something else. I was I was kind of hoping for a power play.
1: Well, I was uh, yeah, it was odd <laughs> call. I you know he was in the clear, but not really that not much. I mean, I could have we would have taken the power play all day. I think in that situation. Yes, it was hoping for a nice Marner dangle, but he uh, didn't have one there for us.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, our like you said off this off the top when we just started talking about this game here our our big guys really did come to play. I'm just looking at all my my chicken scratches here and everything that seems. Yep, to be Yeah, Matthews good. had a couple. Yeah, Mitch, you know, great play to set up Morgan Riley. Outstanding pass, strong thread finish. the needle there. Strong finish on that goal too. Yep. Left-handed shooter coming across the body for a one-timer can be really difficult. Um, you know, Matthews gets in on the goal scoring. Uh, I have given him the rocket already <laughs> as a note. Well On his way. But, um, you know, he kind of got lost on that goal. Uh, Ennis actually makes a, a really good play down low in the corner, and, and Matthews uh, just becomes available in the soft spot. And I was thinking to myself, that is exactly the point in time where you do expose a team like the Ottawa Senators. Um, in the sense that you can't lose Austin Matthews while while he's out there, yeah. Like I'm not chirping the sense they, they beat us, but he finds space though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, the, those those teams that don't have the higher echelon players on their roster, you know, as far as on paper goes, they're not the greater one of the greater teams in the league. So they have to work harder, and part of that is you know making sure that you don't lose the best player on the ice. Yeah, Maybe and they the were best there though in the building.
1: They were very aggressive in their forecheck, and you know, like I said, we they deserved a chance to win, and they managed to pull it off.
0: I feel like we also learned uh, that the Leafs can change a game in seconds. Yeah. So you know, you know, as a fan, I'm gonna be upset when we're losing, and I'm gonna be you know chirping this. They're and never the out fuck of it is though. Going on here, but exactly, uh, they're never out of it. In our fourth line, um, I've got them having great shifts on both both my first period and second period notes. So. At least that's something to to be reckoned with. It's not like we're asking them to go out there and score a pile of goals. But no, they better work players. their asses off yeah, when they're out there, though. Because exactly. you know
1: you're not getting a lot of minutes, and if you want to play your way into more minutes, you're going to have to show show it when you're out there.
0: Yeah, and I feel uh, I know Marlow got absolutely robbed again. Yeah. Oh, man, that was an outstanding save. Robbed. Yeah. So, I mean, Marlow, if he doesn't get robbed, he got robbed twice by yep. the price in the season opener. Mm-hmm. And he gets robbed by Anderson in second game. He's probably thinking, "Fuck, how am I supposed to get any goals here?" If he doesn't get robbed there, he could be off to a wicked start too. Yeah,
1: yeah, he could have quite a few goals. Um, I think he's got three points or something thus far, which isn't a bad isn't a bad number for him at all. And with that uh, being on that top line, I mean, he's he should be able to find the score sheet.
0: I like um, the fact that uh, Babcock changed up the lines a little bit with about nine minutes to go. It's not yep. something that we see happen very often. And I, I kind of think it was a strange adjustment, to be honest with you. But it was an adjustment nonetheless. He moved um, Matthews in between Kadri and Marlow. Yeah, they I, were I, getting Kadri. I saw noticed that in game one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: whenever they have an opportunity, um, just because that, that – Wing spot there without um, Nylander glued to Matthews' side. Uh, they threw out um, they threw Kadri a couple times in the first few games just to bump up Kadri's ice time and opportunity because he right he deserves he needs it. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: and he, he doesn't only deserve it, but he does need it. Um, you know, you're not going to give it to him if he doesn't deserve it, but he does. He he plays he plays well. He scored 30 goals last year, so you got to at least give him his looks. Uh, and if you're going to give him his looks with uh, some talented guys like Matthews and. Uh, you know, maybe Marner and Marlow, all those guys. Like he's gonna be able to 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 get his looks. So, um, what did you think about the early pull? Three three minutes, fourteen. That, seconds. Yeah,
1: that was interesting. Um, I meant to bring that up as well, so I'm glad you did. It it worked if you think about it in the sense that they had a, a, almost a straight minute of uh, controlled zone time uh, and a couple scoring chances in the sequence when they first pulled them. Uh, they gave themselves a you know lots of time to potentially tie it you know it didn't end up working out but I like I said worked in the sense that it created you know a a lot of uh, zone time for them and a lot of opportunities to tie the game whereas they might not have had that opportunity at that point in the game had they
0: not brought the extra man on the ice I fully agree I think it was a great decision and I think one of the main reasons why Babcock felt he was able to make the decision is strictly because of the success rate of John Tavares in the face-off circle,
1: and having the the yeah the personnel you can put on the ice like you know it's obviously we all know they can put you know, phenomenal five six guys out there so in that certain situation you got to have confidence in in the abilities of your guys to get it done.
0: So far in three games of all the power play face-offs that I've seen John Tavares take, I honestly don't remember seeing him lose any. Well, that's good. Like he wins, draws on the face-off, in the offensive zone on the power play. All the time. Like, it's just becoming second nature. The puck is down, and the Leafs have it. He's very solid in the draw. It's good to have. Really, really solid. you got to start with it. So, uh, Babcock feeling confident, pulling the old Patrick Waugh with the super early uh, goalie pull. But it didn't work. The Leafs lose 5-3. I got chirped to high heaven. And uh, and we've moved on. So, why don't we move on to the next game?
1: Move on to that crazy, insane hockey game that was occurring last night. Um, I Goalie mean, duel. It was a lot of fun to watch. And yeah, poor, poor Garrett Sparks, because he got off to a pretty good start in that game. I thought he was solid. A lot of those goals were deflections. There was that one tic-tac-toe goal, the Hawks scored. Yeah, that was there's nice. nobody stopping that. Um, So there wasn't really, I thought there was one that he might've wanted to have back. Other than that though, I mean, Kane sniping right inside the post, Uh, that one clapper from the point right inside the post. There's not a whole lot you can do on some of those. And, Jeez, the, it, Taves and Kane, I mean, they were they came to play last night. The well, intensity level of the Maple Leafs, though, was it was good to see them match it. You saw the intensity on Taves early on in the game. The turnover of the pucks, uh, he scores a goal and creates a bunch of chances, and you can see the raw ten- intensity and emotion, and it was awesome to see the Leafs respond, the Leafs' big guns bring that same level uh, to try and match
0: them. So hold on. Back up one second here. Both of Kane's goals were fucking awful. They were five-hole, both of them. No, oh, the one
1: was on, on the side there. It was short side, wasn't it?
0: Get it up, because I'm disagreeing with you 100%. <laughs> they were fucking five-hole. Both of them were 5 <laughs> hole. Yeah, but it's Patrick Kane, though. Who gives a fuck? It's he five knows to shoot. It's awful. Yeah. It's, awful. It's always awful. but I Awful. Mean, it's still, like... Jesus, fuck. Patrick Kane. I don't disagree with you there, and he actually does... Like that's what he does. He does finish five-hole a lot, but that makes it even Worse, I guess, but I mean,
1: he he deserved. I mean, he makes it happen. It's like, uh, and I guess the one point we was, uh, the goalie was pulled right when he tied the game up shortly after the Matthews goal, right? Um, so he he had a lot of time and space to you know head up, figure out what he was going to do, whether he was going to pass or shoot or where he was going to shoot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you're not you can't read his mind or anything, but Jesus, like, he sparks on the first one, like the snapshot five hole, right. He had his stick down. Yeah. And then he lifted it up when he went down. And, I mean, that is something that I fucking do. Yeah. That's what I do. That's why I get 5 old goals on me all the time because when I go down, I lift my stick up.
1: So they started Sparks, which I, I, thought, I thought it was surprising because I figured Sparks gave him to play Ottawa, let Freddie play the Hawks. But I guess he's from Chicago, right? So they yeah. wanted him to play in that game. And I like that, cool too. Cool for him.
0: Here's the other reason why. Not – not saying that because we play Sparks, we're assuming we're going to fucking lose. That's not what I'm saying. No. But what I am saying is that if we are going to lose one of those games, lose it to Chicago. Because no one gives a fuck if you give Chicago any points at all. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose games to your Eastern Conference ever. So, and just the same way, anytime you're a fan and you're looking at the scores last night, like, oh, yeah, my second favorite team is uh, whatever, Philly, or something weird like that. And Colorado loses to Philly, and you're like, "Yeah, way to go, Philly!" Like, what the fuck? They could be hurting you later for a playoff spot. Yeah. they could be hurting you for a wild card. You know, you fuck Philly! Like, you should be yeah. cheering for for Colorado all the time. You know, yeah. so you want to cheer West over East. Um, and if we're gonna lose a game on a back to back, then let's lose the one to Chicago, right? In in Chicago, give them their two points on Stan McKee tonight. Maybe we take them to overtime and and uh, and steal a point on the road. But as it turned out, it was the opposite. We throw up a stinker at home to Ottawa who we should definitely beat and barely squeak out uh, a victory in Chicago and a tough barn to play in and, but also against a team that we probably should beat so
1: well another poor start obviously that was the theme seven1 theme shots. from last year the Five theme minutes. early on again this season uh, it was pretty frustrating to watch and thank God that you know Matthews and the big boys once again are showing up um you know to go into Tavera's that he made the, getting those goals look way too easy, and the the third one was phenomenal. Whereas he he was down on the ice, he gets back up, tips the puck out of midair down, and then just fires it. And that was a nice snipe. The other ones are just him doing his job, basically or what he what he excels at, and that's, that's right. mucking around in front of the net.
0: I thought that I thought that hat trick goal might have been a high stick. When you look oh, at it. when he tapped that down, but it's kind of tough that to tell sucked. because he's on his way. You know, he's getting back up. So yeah, the stick is, uh, is higher than him, but he's way. The ahead. way he
1: controlled and retained that, though, is, is elite oh, right there.
0: That's elite. I know. um, uh, But, yeah, you're right. It was an absolute slow start. Uh, down, you know, we had one shot through the first five minutes. They had seven. Garrett Sparks was actually unreal. Yeah, you started the game very strongly. He was unreal. He made several amazing saves. Like, not just like, okay, good, he's making the saves that he should make. It was like, wow, He's he's really battling in there. There was a couple times where... There was a lot of traffic in front, a lot of bodies in the blue paint, and he was making a save and almost like falling over after making the save, which is a little bit of the way he kind of plays. Garrett Sparks very adventurous in his in his save, a little bit, yeah, yeah. He's got a very strange technique, but you know, um, we 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 were able to tie the game, which was huge instead of letting it get out of control because I feel like it could have happened, could have spiraled out of control for. I mean, it was already
1: a brutal enough start and. Uh, you know, quickly, actually, uh, Babcock's good on him for making some uh, adjustments on that's the fly.
0: What, that's what I was getting with.
1: <laughs> he, he finally yeah. uh, uh takes Anas off the Matthews line, gives Cappy the shot, and then yeah. Matthews sends him that ridiculous, I don't know what you call it, all you pass oh, or uh, Carlson pass. Yeah, like Carlson's pass. Yes, yeah, it's, it's unreal. And I didn't notice it right away. And, you know, my dad pointed out, he's like, look at that pass because, it didn't look on purpose at first. And then you realize like he hundred percent wanted to do that on purpose. And Kaepernick goes in and buries one. And I think they might've found a good match for now. Um, given that Kapanen's fast, he can keep up with the two of those guys. Um, and he, he brings a little more to the table. He, he plays a better, more well-rounded game than Tyler Ennis. Uh, he's got a bit of a physical aspect. He kills penalties. He's defensive. You know, they've, they brought him up and groomed him well and developed him well, I believe, through the system. Um, and based on just the small sample size we saw last night, um, I'd like to see him continue to play there in the absence of
0: Nylander. Well, Cappy is a result of the Kessel trade, right? So yeah, he's uh, fit in really nicely and spent some time in the A, uh, working with uh, you know Sheldon Keefe, uh, who we love on this program and um you know he's 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 fit he's fit in quite well and he's for me he's made that kessel trade um seem like a, a total win uh you know several several years later
1: yeah, take what we got big salary dump and you end up uh, with a part for the future, so can't complain with that and i've I've always liked his game and he seems that he's got an extra gear in those big games as we've seen so Sparks. You know, he deserves every opportunity that they've given him.
0: I hope – I actually, uh, before I move on to Sparks in the second period, um, yeah, I hope that starting the beginning of the game for the next few games, I hope it's happening right away. Like, I I hope it's – I hope that's our starting lineup as well. Yeah,
1: he deserves a shot, I think, Um, especially given I just don't see the Ennis thing working out. Ennis has the skill level, but – it's the other areas of his game that are lacking, and
0: yeah, he works hard. Yeah,
1: he's he's gonna be more of a bottom six guy. Uh, I mean, that's where they plan to have him to begin anyway, with. Anyway, yeah,
0: so that's right. Um, yeah, so the uh, the shaky the shaky goaltending began in, in period number two. Uh, unfortunately, the Leafs had a bit of a slow start once again uh, in the second period. But um, I've got uh, a couple of notes, JT, right to the net again. I'm I'm, I'm quoting myself as saying get used to that yeah and Riley putting pucks on net and he just finds him it's true and I mean he's always in the right spot so um we got to get used to that and it's a great thing to get used to it's basically like the way we were used to seeing JVR down there all the time but instead of JVR it's John Tavares yeah and
1: he's you know believe it or not better better at it because it was (laughs) one of the things I had talked to a few buddies with towards the end of last year it's like you know it's not gonna be able to replace JVR's thirty goals in the power play easily and the you know, the net front presence role and everything. And then I guess when they had um, interviewed Tavera's or or met with him, he had indicated the, uh, that he wanted to play uh in this position on the power play yeah. Yeah. and, and focused a lot of his um his game in the offensive zone there. So that kind of fell in nicely and the fact that we landed him kind of completely Forgot about the whole, oh, yeah, how drastically different is the power play going to be without JVR in that role? Now that we got John Tavares, we basically have just slotted him in that role, and that's fine. And he's not doing any of that through, through the legs, side of the net no, bullshit.
0: On, on the first unit with, you know, Math. With all the big boys. Marner. That's right. So,
1: so it's, it's been, it's been quite a treat to watch so far. See ya, JVR. Sorry to hear about yeah, your Yeah, sorry, sorry LBI. to hear about your leg or whatever. Sorry about your LBI.
0: Yeah. Um, I did have a note on uh, Andreas Johnson. I'm not impressed to start the season. I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's not played He's,
1: well. he's, I see a little burst in terms of his skating because he's very fast. Um, Yeah. He's just doesn't seem to be thriving yet. I know they're not getting a ton of ice time and he's playing with Parlinholm, his new NHL center and, He's had his Power's ups and downs. He's had his ups and downs. He was pretty bad against Ottawa and almost unnoticeable. Right. But in the second game, he had his, you know his PK was good. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see more out of Johnson, Janssen, whatever he wants to be called now. Um, I, I think Bob's might be playing a little tough love with those guys as well because he expects big things. I think from Kapanen and and Jansen. they're not getting any rookie extra rookie leash there. Um, he expects them to play like full time NHL players every single night.
0: He's taking uh, some stupid fucking penalties. Yeah. That's what I've been noticing. Yeah. Like two two really bad penalties. What was uh, the high stick last night? was he got was last night, yeah, yeah, that's kind Blood. Of shitty, in, in, in 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 the offensive half of the neutral yes,
1: zone. Yes, that that that's what really irritated me about that particular Ugh. penalty.
0: Like, get get your stick under control, man, for fuck's sakes. Anyway, we ended up killing it. So then I immediately wrote, great kill, thanks, Johnson. <laughs> because, like, I guess without the kill, we wouldn't have maybe, I, I, I don't know, turned it back on. But my last note of the second period was that I love Hyman. Created the whole chance uh, when Marner hit the post. Marner had a really good look there in the slot, rang it off the bar. Um, and I, uh, I've just, I've realized that I, I don't know, I couldn't love Zach Hyman as a player any more than I do with what he, uh, with what he brings to the table.
1: Well, and I brought it up with you last night that his play, uh, reminds me of Gary Roberts without the mean and nasty side, Right. you know, just the w- it's the board play, it's the it's the the plays down low, the bumping and grinding, and just a, an absolute beauty out there.
0: Well, I've got them I've got them listed here. Uh, I flipped to my third period notes. My first note was, "I don't know what to expect." <laughs> yeah, the first thing I wrote down: "Don't know what to expect." No, it's pretty wide open. Yeah,
1: uh, going into the third, where it's like I have no idea how this how this game is going to play out.
0: Honestly, no idea. Um, but then uh, one of my first notes was, I I asked myself the question if. Is Zach Hyman the reason for five on five dominance? So I'll I'll just I'll just go on a bit of a one or two minute rant on it here. My favorite way to explain the play of Zach Hyman is that his ugly play allows the pretty players to play pretty. So the the sexy guys, the Matthews and the Marners and the Taveras, the guys that can do those fancy plays but maybe they don't even think it's fancy. They think it's necessary. I have to make this play. We saw Matthews make a pretty slick little move against Chicago there one on one. He kind of he kind of put it in between the other guy's stick and his skates and then snapped a shot real quick. I don't even know how he managed to do it. And you know, Ward made a good save. He had to. But that's a sexy play. And you know, players like that aren't able to pull off those sexy plays if they don't have someone in there doing the muck and doing the grind and doing the board play, and basically just being a total thorn in the side of the other team. Because he's if you have to be all hands on deck, then no one's open to make a sexy play. you freeze up a to, lot of space yeah, for those guys. Yeah, we don't have to be all hands on deck because it's basically just Zach Hyman, and sometimes he's one on fucking two, and he's able to disrupt a breakout to the point where it goes to one of our other players. That player feeds one of our elite level players and our elite level player fucking scores. And yeah. That's how he's it, he's a up.
1: huge driver of possession and, and puck retention on, on, uh, he's shown it pretty much wherever he plays, but you made a good point when we discussed this earlier, whereas in the bottom six role, then he's barely played there. Mind you, he's played the majority of his career with Austin Matthews and for good reason. But you, you notice not notice him as much when he's playing in, a, say, a shutdown line role because he's very complementary uh, to the offensively skilled players because his skills, winning puck battles, uh, turning over the puck, are only going to make your, your skill guys better because you're, they're going to have the puck more.
0: Well, yeah, it eliminates the one-dimensional aspect of, okay, let's get possession of the puck in our own zone. Because offense comes from defense, so we'll have good defensive zone coverage, we'll corral the the loose puck, and then we'll break up the ice and score. He's not that player. And I don't even think that that's the way the game is meant to be played anymore. It's not meant to be played straight up and down, north to south, with a pass in front and a shot and a score. Like, this isn't fucking EA Sports NHL 17 anymore. You don't just skate up the ice and throw it into the fucking slot and hope you score. Like, you have to have some strategy. You have to have some some possession. Like you said, the key word here is possession. And that's what he does. He's not going to break up the wing and create a deflection pass or skate over the line and drop it between his legs and then head to the net. That probably would be the only play he has. On a, on a three, on two, right? He doesn't know what the his fuck to do play with is. His main play is
1: give the other guys the puck. Give the other guys the puck. Very simple job.
0: But the funny thing is, that's this is what we talked about on our break outside. It's not even that he gives them the puck, it's just that he, he basically allows them to get it somehow, whether it be from, from himself, a, a pass or, or a kick or something weird like that, or just the fact that he was there. The defenseman looked up and, oh, fuck, I can't go here. So he tries to go around the boards the other way, but guess who's there?
1: Yeah, it's good pressure on the carrier.
0: Mitch is there, and then it's out front to Johnny T, and he scores. And we're like, man, this is incredible. No one even remembers the fact that Hyman was over there. You almost forget
1: the fact that Johnny T had a hat trick after the shenanigans that transpired thereafter. I know. I mean... Jesus Christ! I mean, I was up and down. Like it's one of those games that's well described as a emotional roller coaster. Essentially, um, I loved the intensity on Austin Matthews, though. Geez, the passion, the selly was just—it was so cheeky, but just—it was too perfect. I loved it. it you know, I just love to see some character and some intensity. Like you see him after that, and he's screaming in Riley's face, and right fired up. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you got to see.
0: He wants it. Um,
1: you know, Kane comes back and gives it to him and they they uh clip over to Matthews and he's just grinning and loving it. Eh? He thinks it's great. And I think it's great. It's great for the game of hockey. Um, you Absolutely. you look at sports like the NBA, the NFL, and you see the kind of characters you got. I mean, for better or for worse, there are characters for the fans to attach themselves to. And I see this with the 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 NHL moving this way just in that the the players are have bigger personalities and they want to put themselves out there a little bit and not fall into that old I don't know Don Cherry description of a hockey player, yeah, right? The that good Canadian kid. Good Canadian kid, keep your head down there, score goals and not right. make a big deal about it, right? The humble leader stuff and it's great cuz most of the time that's how he is, but I um, you know I want to see that passion and I loved it.
0: You know, for me, I I saw it in game number 1 when he scored his first goal of the season. Yeah, that again, very intense. Very intense. And and then again, we saw it when he scored his second goal of the season in overtime and gave the the crowd the, the, the yeah. figures. You know, he, oh, yeah. I he's asking that. for it. And he is ready to take over this town. Well, Toronto, that town, whatever you want to call it. We're not in Toronto, but sometimes I feel like I am. But he he looks re- like he's on his way to taking taking on the league here. Like he's ready, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's ready to take it on by fucking fire. Let's wow. go. Like this is he's doing the GQ thing. He's having the time of his life. He's doing the American thing with the celly. And there's Patrick Kane doing it right back to him. And actually, we've seen Matthews pull a couple of cellies previously in his in his early career that do mimic um, Patrick Kane. Yeah. The down on one knee and the fist pumping. And, and they're buddies, like they trained together. Of like they yeah.
1: they loved it, you know, and, and there's no I don't think there's any ill will there or anything. I think uh like you said, or like I said earlier, when they showed Matthew's reaction to Kane celebration I know I think he just I think he just got a kick out of it like
0: he's laughing he's he's smiling the other team just fucking scored to yeah. tie it up you should be so pissed oh yeah and, and he, like, he didn't <laughs> let it phase him though
1: I mean I would have been I was pissed I was pissed. you know I still love the sell I didn't care but I was just I was coming off such a high from that goal and thank god for uh for Riley there bailing us out on that uh that OT winner he just he just found a lane and once again getting pucks on net yeah what 15 everyone seconds in Oh, and everyone expected him to drop the puck to Matthews on that play, too, and, and he just throws it on and finds a way in on so, old, dusty Cam Ward. Yeah,
0: my only note for overtime, because it was only, like, 15 seconds long, overtime, Cam Ward ends career. He's making $3 million. <laughs> like,
1: I, I understand because he, he's kind of a almost a starter up until Crawford finds his way back if he, if he is able to, but holy shit, man, talk about a guy riding one Stanley Cup Know, <laughs> in his rookie year. So that was what? Oh, oh yeah. Oh six. We talked about this earlier, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Holy crap, man. This guy has been uh, like below league average goaltender for years. And yet finds a way to get paid. I mean, it's yeah, Carolina kept him forever. And even into his kind of declining years, um, interesting choice for a backup situation. Fine. But right now he's their starter. So that that's got to be problematic for Chicago and that, for them, Corey Crawford can't come back soon enough. Oh, I know. I mean, they're
0: begging him. Like, hey, what's what's going on? Do How we know anything
1: feeling? about him? Is there... Uh, like, I haven't heard anything. And the, the one speculation I heard on the 30 Thoughts with Friedman was that he had heard something or other about discussion about him potentially not being able to come back. He has vertigo or something? Yeah, is that... it, was,
0: yeah it was about a vertigo. And um, the last I had read was that he was looking good and it was actually very close. And the only reason why I know that is because, you know, as everyone knows, fantasy drafts were happening recently over the last week and a half or two weeks. So, you know, you're looking up little notes on players. and Well, well normally, normally he's a he lock, draft, like early goalie. Right, yeah. But he was, um, he was touted to be on the road trip. Where was it? I think the last two weeks since he's been out here with every day, he continues to feel good every single day. Uh, that was Joel Quenville talking about Corey Crawford, and that was actually just October 6th. So just a couple of days ago, uh, Quenville saying that he's, uh, he's participated in all three of the Hawks practices from Ottawa to St. Louis. Okay, he that's good. That.
1: So he's on his way then. Yeah, he's oh, on his good way news. and
0: he will be back soon. So it says that's real gro- good progress and if he continues on this path, we're hopeful that within a week or so, you'll get a better uh, oh, you'll get a better idea of how close he is. Mm-hmm. So it's still, still pretty vague. That is still pretty. vague. I gotta yeah. think that the Hawks' playoff
1: chances live and die, you know, on his health and whether or not he's able to get back and perform. And their ability to
0: score six goals.
1: On, yeah, on I mean, score six goals. <laughs> I mean, they're in good shape. It's we, you know, it's never been a lack of offense. Um, it's never been an issue for the Hawks. You know, no,
0: that's true. No, that's very true. All right. So, um, yeah. What did I want to talk to you about? I wanted to talk to you about something here about that game. Uh, I can't remember. Um, all right, well, where do we want to go with it?
1: Well, we pretty much wrapped that topic up.
0: Yeah, well, you know what we kind of skipped over? Oh, oh, The it was the captaincy. I wanted to talk to you oh, about yeah, the captaincy. Yeah, yeah. Because, all right, so I'll just, I'll start it off here, Let's go. So, and I texted you this last night. I I believe that we may have entered the timeline where we need a captain. And... So why do we need
1: one, though? Because it seems like one of those things that's not really needed
0: ever. Okay, so I'll give you my exact response to that. It's the slow starts.
1: Okay, so you wanted somebody to wear it.
0: I want someone to wear it, figuratively speaking. Right. Meaning, like, get the fucking boys ready to go. Because for one full season and i'm talking like 82 fucking games except that one afternoon game against carolina where we scored 100 goals (laughs) you remember that night yeah that day was the centennial anniversary or whatever 2 p.m start yep we started on fire and we won the game eight nothing or whatever the fuck it was eight one like 81 games last year we did not start on time and i got sick of it very quickly. It got very tiring, and it got very old, and it became a fucking joke. Isn't that on Babcock, though? like? It, well, that's what I was saying. So I said this to my buddy the other day. I said, I, I'm, I might be done with Babcock coming up here soon with the stubbornness on the lines and what he plays fucking Marincin over Hall. That was interesting. That is interesting. Okay, so I'm not the coach, and I don't know anything about coaching. So I understand that, you know, you guys out there, fucking Coleman shut his mouth. Whatever. I don't care. But I'm sick of watching my team take 8 to 12 minutes to become fucking engaged in a game of hockey in the NHL. I'm sick of it. And I have been blaming coaching for that for a full year. And my buddy Hendy says to me, well, listen, maybe, maybe it's not just on Babs. Maybe there's something else missing. And I said, like what? And he said, like a captain. Hmm. And I said, interesting what a take. fucking take that is.
1: It's an interesting take. I mean, I uh, I guess it's a weird debate as to the you know, the necessity or the or any level of urgency, which clearly there's none within the organization to actually name a captain. But uh I guess my whole take on this captaincy thing is kind of more directed towards who should it be. I mean, it, it's a it's a very media driven story for sure because I'm sure that the organization isn't at all overly concerned at this time but um we kind of threw it out there and you know with the level intensity i've seen and you know kind of goes back to what you said about austin matthews he's taking over this town and i just say he's not just going for this town I and mean, he's going for the league i mean this kid is is here like he, he's you know he arrived day one with a bang and he just seems to yeah, he, taking it to a next level and then the um, the emotion i'm seeing from the I mean, he's a superstar, and he's becoming—he's going to become bigger than the game. I feel like in in the city of Toronto and throughout sports, because this guy's just such an intriguing character, and and like I said, that that emotion, that passion, fans are drawn to that, and he's the kind of guy that that I think should be leading the team, and you know, it's. Is there's no real right or wrong answer. I think when it comes to the captain, captaincy Agreed. with the uh, candidates we have, whether it be Riley or Tavares, otherwise. But I know you were you were talking about Tavares just for the, uh, I guess the way he plays, right? The uh, you know lead by example type leadership.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, like he is the consummate pro. Like the guy is an elite level player. We talked about how he starts on time. Like he, he starts brings on it time. Every shift, he fucking brings it. All the time. And I'm just I'm I'm sick of writing down on my notepad that ninety one is firing tonight and that eleven is firing tonight because I, I might as well just get a stamp yeah. that says that. Because I oh, can just fucking stamp it on every fucking game because yeah. those guys are always ready to go. And one of them is an elite level franchise player, exceptional status in the OHL as a fucking fifteen year old. That that funny video that that interview that he had when he was the toronto athlete of the week yeah uh with that uh, the guy was talking to him and he says so what do you what do you do how do you practice and he says well you know i i like to shoot pucks in my basement all the time like i'm always shooting the puck uh, hard and rolling around in the garage and then but now my buddy he uh has an outdoor rink and then we go over and i i play against him all the time <laughs> like it was <laughs> just it was such a 14 year old yeah. Comment comment from a kid about you know getting better and doing all this different stuff. And he, he's turned that over the last, whatever, 10, 15 years of his life now, plus, 15 plus years of his life, has been dedicated to perfecting his craft and trying to motivate others. And he was the captain of the New York Islanders, and they disappointed him for so many years. But he drove that team. And when you read any interview about him, his former teammates now on Long Island are saying, that he was the team. He was the be-all and the fucking end-all of the team. And he showed it both in the in the dressing room and on the ice. I'm not saying that Matthews can't do this. I'm not. I'm just saying that Taveras is ripe for the picking to be this person. And Matthews can continue to do his celebration with the <laughs> fingers behind the ear. You know, and have... All that spotlight and have that swag, have that American swag. I think do based, the GQ interview and rip fucking rocket Richard trophies.
1: I can see based on the the personality alone um, in comparing the two players that you know Matthews is going to have that spot. He, the spotlight's always going to be it's Austin Matthews' team. I mean, we, I agree, we, it's very much his team and has been since he you know stepped on the ice with them. So you're right in that it it allows. For an interesting leadership dynamic, because here you have this new force, this new age, this budding superstar, and then you have this, um, you know, essentially a, a strong veteran, you know, quiet, humble type leader, lead by example guy. But also superstar. Yes, also a superstar. Important. Yeah, very, very, very talented, but just flies under the radar a little bit more and right. just the the way he conducts himself, I guess.
0: So would you be okay then even... Would you be okay for even, like, a, like an interim kind of thing? Like, um, I mean, our window ca- has kind of started, let's go. Like, I know it's so early, and we haven't played that great against some pretty meh teams. But yeah. the point is, is that the window has officially started. I don't care who you are or what you think. You're wrong if you disagree. The window has started. Oh, definitely.
1: The... The whole issue, I guess, is, and I see why they've done this, is they've given it a year in that, A, they're probably unsure as to whether who they're going to give it to, but B, say they wanted to give it to Zavares, they're like, well, he just got here. He's got a lot of shit on his plate. He's figuring out a new team. Let's take a pause here. That's true. The other thing is same with Matthews. Matthews is coming off, uh, you know, another interesting year. He's still only third year in the league. Uh, this team is is got a, a ton amount of pressure on them right now, so it's like, hey, well, we don't want to put that on him either. Um, I, if they had to, if they were saying no, we want a captain and we need to make one today or going into game one of the season, I think it would have been Morgan Riley. Just based on oh, the I fact that, that he is the yeah. de facto leader of that team, you hear about it. Uh, the way he conducts himself in the room, I love the way he carries himself on the ice and off the ice. You listen to his sound bites and his interviews. Um, he's very well spoken. Um, he he says all the right things all the time. I mean, he seems like if it were happening today it, he would be
0: the guy. I like that pick. I really do actually um I don't even think we've spoke about this actually. This is nice banter unprompted, but I think I had that conversation with someone before too. Well, where does Morgan Riley fit in factor into this conversation? And they looked at me almost as if I had two heads like, "Oh, right. like as if it was just obvious going to obviously going to be either Matthews or Tavares." Right. You know, which is a fine stance, but I just was feeling a little bit I was feeling a little bit upset for, for Riley. Come on, give the guy his due. I mean he's not yeah. a, he's not a nobody. Anymore. He's been
1: here from when we were shit all the way up until now. That's I mean right. it's there's only at all. And, and he's cadre. Got, Yeah, that experience that those two guys have is is very unique on this team because he's been they both been down in the dumpster fires, you know, and they had to work their way up. And for them to see that team go from what it was to what it is today and see the organizational shift that experience is invaluable, to say the
0: least. I love it. And, uh, you know, my other favorite thing that I loved about the game last night was when when you texted me and said, what is happening? <laughs> and I said, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice throwback to Bobby
0: Cole. That's right. That's right. We talked about that on the, uh, what was it, episode one or two? Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah. We're so many episodes in now, we can't even remember which episode we said what. So... Hopefully uh, our listeners are enjoying it, but I think that's going to do it here for episode five on the Pucks in deep podcast. Anything else you wanted to get to? Let's go before we wrap I it up. I think We just about hammered everything out. I think so too. So uh, I'll play you off like the fucking Oscars. Beautiful. And uh, check us out on Twitter. It's actually, uh, at puck pod is the Twitter handle at puck pod. And, um, I basically at this point only have uh, I've only followed a few people and I've retweeted a couple things. But basically, I think what we want to do, let's go is hammer out our episodes on there. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be manning it from my phone. So I'll, I'll retweet, you know, interesting things, uh, news, noteworthy, uh, things like that in the NHL. And hopefully you can give us a follow. That's at Puck Pod for the Pucks in Deep podcast.
1: Yeah, we'll be getting all the episodes up there shortly after they are posted um, I think this one might,
0: we're coming back later in the week or I don't know. We'll, we'll sort it out. We'll have a chat. We'll, uh, we're, we're five episodes in now and we'll see where we want to go from here, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see the listeners shortly. I mean, they've got lots of listening to do and if anyone's been really keeping up with us, we thank you, uh, for, for joining us. And, uh, I know that, uh, we can tell that a lot of people have actually subscribed on, on iTunes so excellent so they know that they get their episodes dropped the uh, the second that we do drop them so uh, we're gonna have one this week and you know if we don't if we don't uh, see you for the rest of this uh, October 7th week then absolutely we'll have uh, we'll have a good a good one for you coming into the second week of October we'll figure it out Alright, that's it. Episode five wrapping up. Josh and Adam here on the Pucks in Deep Podcast. Follow us at Coleman42 and at Go Adam on the Twitter sphere. And throw us a like and a share and a subscribe on whatever device you're listening to. We thank you for your dedication. Thanks a lot and go leafs go.